Hey, Pod Mod Bods. Uh, in celebration of 50 episodes and one year of Podular Modcast, uh, I thought it'd be cool to catch up with Ian, our original co host, and um, see what he's been up to since he left the show. So, uh, Hannah, my wife, and I uh, got together with Ian in his backyard in the lovely South Park neighborhood of Seattle and had a little bonfire and and uh, just, just caught up a little bit with him. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, he does a pretty fun patch challenge at the end. And uh, yeah, thanks uh, for all your guys' support. And thank you, Ian, for helping me get this going. So here we are in Ian's backyard. Mm-hmm. Got a crackling fire. We're ringing in springtime. We're under this beautiful canopy of a cedar and what Hannah thinks might be a loris tree. Not. It's not. <laughs> and it's not. we are very close to not only the airport, but Boeing Field, which will play as uh, guest number four. Ambiance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ambiance. It's Quantum Rainbow V3. Joke. Oh. I didn't get it either, but <laughs> I can't keep up with you. Which was why I asked you to be the co-host of the podcast from the beginning, because I was... I was a little too insecure with my lack of knowledge on uh, on the whole subject of modular synthesis, and I thought that I liked your personality and your uh, your, mm. your quippy. I know it's weird. I know. You, Not a lot, you, you also gave, you gave a doubting. Hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that. so a lot hmm. of people have asked, what, 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 where is Ian? What, uh, some people don't think you exist. Some people think that you are some sort of like Tyler Durden-esque uh, manifestation. I've heard that. That I have made up. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the, the story of you selling your house and going to the Arctic right at the tail end of the last few episodes oh, that you co-hosted, on, co-hosted okay. on was kind of, it lent itself to that theory. Um, but that's not true. You're a real person. It's a wanderer. Well, I, I, Free spirit. yeah, I, ooh, well, there's a, there's a lot that led to me not, uh, being able to really be there for the podcast. One, I don't have the energy to like, like do all the boring shit, like editing <laughs> and planning. And my, uh, my, my life has been, um, pretty hectic due to uh, some personal reasons and and uh, after having some really hard uh, times personally um, I decided I wanted to take my 15 year old dog to the Arctic and I thought about doing that for years mm-hmm. that was uh, one of the first things we talked about when I one of the first couple times I'd ever hung out with you you uh, you brought out a bunch of maps and brochures and, and yeah. really laid out exactly what you wanted to do and that was a few years before it actually happened so. yeah I mean I, I think I planned that trip for five years and um, part of it is that I knew uh, Floby the dog was passing away and and he had kidney disease and um, he always was a wild adventure dog for being 10 pounds and so I wanted to have a big adventure for him um, when I lived in Arizona I was out with him every weekend and making a lot of music and somehow had a lot of time, even though I was working like 50 hours a week and and uh, and broke. And so started planning out the trip and when we started doing the podcast, it was time to get rid of the house and, uh, well, and to do a few things that were new to me. And the biggest thing was going up to the Arctic, so. Also, it doesn't help that you 
weren't really that stoked on the idea of being a co-host on the podcast off the beginning. I was just like, I need you. And you're like, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was, it, it's, um, it's hard to immerse yourself in a, a scene like that. Um, and that was always something that was hard for me. I, I threw shows for like eight years. I ran a label for five years and it was fun to do the work, but when it came time to promote things and and put myself out there, it was really hard. Um, it always felt like it was disingenuous in some way because I don't want to tell people that they need to come and pay attention to something. I get that. I usually no, tell I, people they shouldn't pay attention to things. Well, yeah, That's no, generally how I, I try and yeah, approach yeah, those I get things. <laughs> Which is kind of like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, why do you do it in the first place, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, the, the self-aware slash uh, self-deprecating artist existence is, is kind of confusing in the sense that you're like, why should I subject anybody to this? But why the fuck but else I have would to you do make it? it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really happy when people do that, but they probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I put out, um, I don't know, half a dozen albums, and I was really proud of them, and I was really proud of the label. I was really proud of the shows, and I did all these things that I thought it's I wouldn't Pleasure do. Pleasure Boat Records. It's still, like, you can still go check this stuff out, which I think is, has an excellent catalog. It's, it's around. Um, yeah. I, really I, I, I record it as the Nature Bot, and... Put out Just a lot of stuff. My, I think my favorite name. It's one of the oh, better names. Of all the names. Well, let me give you the self-deprecating artist perspective. Yeah. It's really not that good of a name. Come on now. I <laughs> I feel like if I was going to pick a name for myself, that's the name I would pick. Yeah. Naturebot. Naturebot. That's pretty good. I really like it. Because it's everything what, What's your artist name? Yeah, uh, Tim. Tim. Tim what? Tim. Tim. Um, <laughs> well, also, my second favorite name. I mean, no, my first favorite name oh, thanks. behind Nature Rock is my husband's name. Thank you. <laughs> so anyways, you're doing all that stuff that you just mentioned. I'm doing all that stuff. There's a divorce. There's personal things surrounding that. Um, and there was some, uh, some, some difficult stuff in there, and I was trying to figure out the... Um, the thing I had to do, not that I had to do anything, I just knew I needed to, to uh, move into a, a different place, get rid of that house, and and I knew that I wanted to do something for Floby, who was a very badass little dog. So, um, you can hear Floby chirping and chiming along in the, 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 the very of the first, first episode. episode yeah. he's, he's, I think his, he's, his, he's rattled around in a couple of the early episodes. He's a good dog. And so... Um, after we started the podcast, and I, I, I helped talk to people for, I don't know, 15 or so. Yeah. Um, I sold a house. I planned this Arctic trip with uh, a wonderful, wonderful girl that I'd been seeing for a um, little over half a year at the time. And so you're still together with that. Mm-hmm. And we... We, we sketched out a route, and I, I think I weirded her out when the first time she came over to my house, I was like, let me show you some maps. <laughs> That's I what have every girl wants to hear on their first date. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to see some maps? <laughs> Come over to my house. Sure, yeah, here's some dinner, but here's what's important. I got these maps. I brought out like three maps, took them off the wall, pointed out things, and talked a bunch of, of uh, nonsense. And I didn't talk nonsense. It just sounded like nonsense. I, this is all... 
very well known. I had a catalog of all these places I wanted to see, and I've always dreamed of um, going to the Arctic since I was like 13. It's been one of the guiding things I wanted to do. And, um, and we went on this trip and spent essentially three weeks driving around with a travel trailer. Almost made it to the Arctic Ocean, but after 500 miles of dirt roads in the Yukon Territory in Canada, we got rained out. They shut down the ferries across the rivers that you need to cross. And we had to turn around, and so we had this great time, and, and I, you know, for the podcast, this is probably the most important part, I built a, a modular synth case that I could put on my lap, and I could make my girlfriend drive. <laughs> <laughs> I would put this on my lap in the passenger seat, and then, it, so it had, um... 7U, 84HP, and that had an additional 3U on a uh, piece that jutted up from the top, so it leaned across the dashboard. It's like almost and like then, a makeshift Arteria, one of those Arteria cases. Yeah. But like with like two by fours. Mm-hmm. And we took it up there and and made a bunch of noises, and it had an inverter, so we could just plug it into the car. We'd plug it in in the trailer and put it through the speakers, and so we we made noise with that out on the Arctic Plains and um, and in the Tombstone Mountains of the Yukon and on uh, a boat ride through the Inside Passage and um, Floby, the dog, had the best time of his life. He acted like he was a puppy again and it was only two weeks after that that he ended up being put down. Just, you know, I was really busy. I didn't have time for him, so I just had to... <laughs> <laughs> no, he, his, his health struggled, put him down, and it was kind of like, he was like, all right, well, it's, we're it's, good. It's kind we of got remarkable this. because he he had been up and down in health since we'd become friends, you know, over the last three or three four years. And, yeah. Um, it was really nice to hear that once you got up into the Arctic, he kind of got this like new new breath of life in him and, and got yeah. to be a puppy up there because that was part of your big drive to get up there was you wanted to get you know, it was something you've always wanted to do but you wanted to, you wanted to take your boy up there with you. Yeah. And he got to do that. He so had his I thought, last hurrah. Yeah. He did. He did. He had a, a good last party. Yeah. And uh, and he ran around RV parks and old Klondike towns and abandoned towns of 12 people. And he, he saw bears and he made a bunch of friends. He got to go to the international outhouse races in Dawson City <laughs> in a rainbow tutu that uh, my lovely partner got for him for Seattle Pride. And he, he got publicity for that. He Oh, he, he got up on some dog blogs. You know, big stuff in, in the dog world. He became an object of desire. He had a tiny cowboy hat like Damon Wayans did uh, on the uh, film critic portion of In Living Color. We'd put it off to the side a little. And he had a rainbow tutu. And That's a deep cut. Right he had there. a yeah. denim vest. And and so we're he sitting at the... He was a hot little ticket. He was a hot little ticket. And just a couple little, little quips about that because I like him. Um... Dawson City is the old Klondike Gold Rush town. It was 60,000 people during the Gold Rush. Uh, uh, the grandfather of Donald Trump, um, who's a famous American, uh, <laughs> built a lot of it. And and um, the, the whole town is now 1,300 people. The whole town is also a historic site uh, for the Canadian National Park System. And and so the whole town is under renovation constantly. It's cold. It's negative 30 Fahrenheit or Celsius. 
in the winter. Thank you for the meeting point of our conversion systems. <laughs> and it is removed from anything. So while there is a guy on scaffolding three feet above a gravel road, I mean three stories above a gravel road, we're walking by and we just hear this laughing from above and it's echoing off these buildings. And this guy is just guffawing and he's like, <laughs> oh my God. And the guy's got a, a gun in his, his belt. <laughs> like, this is, this is not um, someone that sees a rainbow tutu on a dog and gets excited <laughs> in most people's minds, but he's like, that's the cutest thing i ever seen. You guys going to the outhouse races? And we're like, hell yeah. We go to the outhouse races. And Floby's sitting on my shoulder and he's enjoying everything. The outhouse races, for people that don't know, 99% of people, uh, people retrofit house houses, put them on wheels, and then in teams of five, run them around town with people in the cabins. Cabins? Cockpits? Yeah. Um, the, the shitter? Sh the shit, the yeah. shitter. The in the shitter. shitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the technical term. <laughs> Floby got brought up on stage to show off his outfit at the International Outhouse Races. And after that happened, he ran around in circles and greeted all of the 500 people hanging out individually <laughs> wanted to hang out with everybody. So yeah. he had a great time. Well, he wasn't a rainbow tutu. He wasn't a rainbow tutu. We also got to, uh, I mean, I, I shared some modular synth love with, uh, with a couple of retired RVers in uh, far northern Canada and really confused them. It was yeah. great. But blasting that thing out of the speakers in the teardrop, oh, it was a time. Okay, so I, I want to hear more about that. Really confused them. Walk, walk me through that. You had some, some people up in the Yukon. Mm -hmm. You probably would think an electric guitar through a reverb pedal would be weird. Oh, there's a lot of good music in the Yukon, and yeah. the Northwest Territories, and none of it. But, uh, but there's very few people. There's, you know, around thirty thousand people in each of those territories, which together are over half of the land of Canada. So, you know, hundred thousand people in over half of Canada. Uh, that's that's it. And, um, but you meet those people, and they want to hang out. They want to be friends. The people that lived in most of the towns we wanted to want to just chat and be friends. We made friends with people by sitting at a bar and having someone come and sit at our table and say, like, where are you from? You know, that's always a, a question where you pause a little. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Seattle. Uh, oh, that's cool. What are you guys doing after this? You want to go have the drink with the severed toe in it? You guys want to go buy some weed from a guy in a trailer? What are you, what are you up to? You what do you do tomorrow? Did you do both of those things? Probably. <laughs> You, I know you drank the severed toe shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The severed toe off of what, though? A human. A human. And actually, you can hear about this on an episode of uh, Dumb People Town. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, a pretty funny podcast with the Squire Brothers and uh, Daniel Van Kirk, but they, they covered someone who stole the toe from the toe shot. But I, I had heard that podcast before you went up there. And I, I want to add, not only has someone stolen the toe, but someone drank the toe. Like there swallowed was, it? Yeah, like swallowed it. Took, so you get, what happens is you it's go to Dawson toe. City. So let's just, let, let's just set that whole story. Where does the toe come from? A human it, it, person It started when someone toe. got frostbite walking the Chilkoot Trail during the Klondike Gold Rush. And when they got to Dawson City, their toe had to be amputated. And at the bar, they donated it. And so they started to have the sour toe cocktail, named after the sourdoughs, the men that would pack in hard bread uh, as supplies and walk for four months 
through an Arctic winter in order to try and find gold. So, <laughs> in Dawson City, you can still go to a bar, and I forget the name of the bar, but it's great. They're all kind of uh, uh, creepy and full of weirdos and wonderful. And uh, you meet with a tow captain. <laughs> she reads you a poem. <laughs> the tow... Wait, is it a poem or is it a tome? No, she reads you a poem. Oh. Well, it's, it's kind of a limerick. Oh. <laughs> Whatever you do, your lips must touch the toe. No sucking, no biting. Da, 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 da. There, and then, for some reason, there's like 30 people just sitting around watching you. Just people sit there and spectate. Who are they? No idea. But they are really happy every time someone drinks a toe. By the way, there's a line all night. You go on a weekend, you gotta wait to drink the toe. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a severed human toe. It's in formaldehyde when you walk That's up. It's disgusting. sat on a plate of salt. And um, before you put it in your drink, the toe captain holds it up to your lips. She makes you kiss it. And then after you're done, you've, you are supposed to feel like you accomplished something. <laughs> is, is this some sort of weird Yukon aphrodisiac? Well, like, like, what would... the fuck is the purpose of this? Well, I don't understand. For, well, maybe this will help you uh, understand. We're out there on their ninth toe. They also have a cabinet full of toes. And people from all over the world send them toes when they lose them or when they die so they have a backlog so how is that not an accomplishment it's yeah it's a thing (laughs) it's a thing that you did so that's where you've been since you've been uh since you sucking on toes (laughs) 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 formaldehyde toes Mm -hmm. so but when we first started doing the show you were kind of um you were you're kind of out of the modular game for a while, and then when we when we first started doing the show is kind of when you you started dipping your toe back into it a little bit. Uh huh. But since you have not been co-hosting, you've kind of gone headfirst into it again, and, and have kind of found a new a new. Well, you've been reinvigorated. You've got quite the setup you just showed us inside. Yeah, I, you know, modular takes a lot of time and money. Uh, this is no nothing new to anyone that's involved with it, but um, when I was making a lot of music and producing a lot of albums, I was trying to build circuits, and I built some stuff, and it was cool, but I never had a setup with Modular. I was interested in it since I was a uh, teenager, and as a young little freak, I, like in junior high, I, I was really into Stereo Lab, and they had a lot of synthesizers, mm-hmm. and then off of that, I started getting to a lot of Uh, odd electronic music. Odd at the time, now it seems like everything's getting reissued that I ever had a hankering for, and that's great. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, But with running the label and trying to get everything going, I never had a purely modular setup. I I worked it in in different ways, and and after a few years of struggle, essentially, I decided that I was going to go head in with that, and I had an idea of what I wanted to make, and building the setup has been built towards... It's all been focused towards uh, making the music that I want to, and that's what's kind of cool about it, is you get to build your own device. Mm-hmm. You get to build your own system for doing things. And I'm not, I'm not focused on anything analog or purely modular, but having that availability was... Um, the only way I could imagine doing things. And I also wanted to 
spend a lot less time looking at grids and writing out notation and um, sitting around and worrying and just enjoy making things. So uh, when I started getting back into the modular world, I essentially started to do things so that I could build a patch and walk away from it as I did chores around the house and enjoy it. <laughs> and that's that's how how it has um, been most useful, I guess. Yeah. It's been pretty good background music for laundry <laughs> and dishes <laughs> and some awkward parties. So other than the uh the Yukon trip, something that's happened since you haven't been on an episode, is you officiated Hannah and I's wedding. Yeah. That was quite a quite a day. And uh, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, uh, on the record, are you gonna play any tidbits of your recording of Rock Bottom Riser by Bill Callahan for the podcast? I didn't do Rock Bottom Riser. I did. So uh, bury me in. Whoa. I did Save Valley Maker. Save Valley Save. Maker. Um, I don't Damn have, it, Bill. I don't have the. Uh, I don't have the. I'm a little I bashful. Do. I'm a little bashful to play it. It was just the best. It was pretty amazing. It was so good. Not not only was it amazing because it's a personal song to you two, but just I, I I was sitting with my buddy Colin after coming back from a hike a couple weeks ago and introducing him to Bill Callahan and played him that song. And I explained the story and he was Did like... Did you play him Tim's version? No, Tim has. Tim will not drop his drawers on that. <laughs> I, have, I have not heard that except for the oh, night I before it. the wedding. I, could, right I can play it right now. <laughs> but this was the song that Tim and Hannah had their first dance to. And it was something that they both loved. And in addition, what a beautiful fucking wedding song. Ooh. Great, you're great. I, Ooh, uh, on its own. And and it's all thanks to you. You got me into old Bill Callahan. Well, yeah, I mean, it was hey. part of and part of gonna, his vows. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. We're going to go see Bill Callahan, all three of us. And Aaron, all four of us are going to go see mm-hmm. him in Portland and yeah. mm-hmm. Um. Well, I guess uh, I feel like there was something else I wanted you to cover, but... One thing that I wanted to make really clear, which I did when Kyle was talking to me in the interview on for episode 50, is for anybody who's wondering, you know, I've had people like, why isn't Ian part of it anymore or anything? It has nothing to do with our friendship and relationship. It is... No. I mean, you... you yeah, Kyle, Kyle actually got a hold of me and he was like... Kyle Swisher? Yeah, Kyle Swisher. Kyle Who still is not sure. convinced that you exist? Yeah, and so. he was like, "Is there? Do they have some sort of falling out?" And I was like, "Oh, absolutely not! Like we hang out with you more than we hang out with most people. Like we have mm-hmm. usually like once a week or every two weeks we'll get together for dinner or, uh, or I don't know. You're part of the family. I mean, you married us. You're part of our family. Fuck yeah, I'm I'm baby Ian. Baby, <laughs> I'm yeah. here. He's our firstborn. <laughs> Are you guys Our fighting? first, like, out of wedlock <laughs> child that made us, made us, you know, you made our union fighting? possible. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's weird to say, because usually it's you and I fighting, Ian, but, well. uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I'm so glad you're. I'm glad that you don't do the podcast together because that means oh, we yeah. can't, we don't have to talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you may have noticed like one reason why I, I I don't think it was good for me to continue is that it's hard for me to talk about just modular stuff nonstop. Yeah, I get. I don't. It. 
Like, when I tell Tim to stop talking about that shit around you, it's not because we're around you. It's no, because you don't I don't want to fucking hear it. No, I love it. I, I love it. Anybody, I love that anybody stuff. Anybody that will also tell, to stop, or tell Tim to stop talking about it makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. But you've been kicking ass on the podcast. Thank you. And at a certain point, it's like, I... I know that I, uh, I, you know, I had some knowledge of things and I had some passion, but um, you had the real passion for making the podcast happen, and uh, I think I you should be doing you, that on your own and making it happen. I needed you for the confidence at the beginning because you, I, I knew that if I got stuck knowledge-wise, that you could, you could stay the course. Yeah, I mean, when your ass got flappy, I was there to, to hold up it. the flaps. Yeah, Ian's exactly. basically like spanks. Yeah. Spanx. Ian Spanks. They'll pick you up and put you where you need to be with the utmost support. And also, you spend that time around that me, you need. you'll probably feel a little itchy. Because, <laughs> sorry, that's just my tight, personality. It's a little overbearing, but you know, you know, you'll, you, you feel and look better when he's around. Well, so I guess we'll end, we'll end our little, our, our little Ian recap on this. That Ian not, Ian not being. On, on the episodes anymore it has nothing to do with our relationship it's just more of the, the time and, and what you want to do with your time so and, what did you mean when you said you didn't want me on the fucking podcast ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not how it happened I think I begged you for a long time to even come on the first few episodes well if you want to do a patch challenge or anything we could do that tonight let's do a patch challenge okay. not right now Hannah what are your words for Ian um, <laughs> we'll go with, uh, overbearing. <laughs> overbearing. Overbearing, uh, overbearing branches. Overbearing branches. All right. Okay. I think I got that one handled. I'm looking up the whole time that I'm talking about this. Yeah, we are sitting under a nice canopy of trees. Yeah, you can't quite see it unless you're in this. You can't quite see it from listening to it. No. But But for the radio version, (laughs) underneath a lot of trees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's burn some stuff. Let's burn some stuff. All right. Thank you, Ian.
Well, wasn't that a lot of fun? Uh, thank you again, Ian, for being up to having a little backyard bonfire chat. And thank you, Hannah, for joining us on that. And thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. <laughs>